Hey there, I hope you're doing well and enjoying your summer and finding ways to make the most of summer 2020. Hard to believe that we're already halfway through this year. This July, what I'd like to do is share with you a few conversations that I've had the opportunity to engage in over the past few years because of this podcast and because of the work being done at Brave Marriage. I'm so thankful to get to do the work that I do, and right now I am continuing to work hard on other projects behind the scenes in addition to this podcast. So I'm doing my very best to manage my time well, to conceptualize new ideas, to create content, to tend to a full caseload of clients, and to also enjoy my summer and my marriage myself. So this month, I thought you might enjoy hearing a few conversational-style episodes with hosts who were gracious enough to allow me to be a part of the work they're doing and feel called to do as well. This week's episode is an interview with Marshall Wilmhoff of Hope Presbyterian Church in Lexington, Kentucky. We recently spoke about the impact of COVID on couples' marriage relationships, at least what I'm seeing in my practice, and practical ways to move through this time in hopes of encouraging couples. I hope you all enjoy. Hey guys, uh, Marshall here. I'm with my friend uh, Kenzie Dzinski, and um, she's a uh, a marriage therapist here in town. And uh, if uh, you're like me, I've pretty much only been with my wife and three kids for uh, 69 days straight. Um, we've never been uh, pretty much only together for 69 days straight. Um, yeah, so there's some, I, I, you know, I really want to talk to Kenzie today about how there's some opportunities with those 69 days and there are some threats of those 69 days. Um, but before we get there, uh, Kenzie, tell us, you know, just tell us a little bit about who you are and why you do what you do. Sure. Thanks, Marshall. Um, well, uh, like you said, I, um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified professional coach. So I have a private practice in Lexington. It's called Brave Marriage Coaching and Therapy. And I do what I do because I felt called to it. Uh, at a really young age. So um, yeah, just felt a specific calling to it. Was always interested in relationships. The more I dove into it and, you know, studied psychology and then marriage and family counseling at the seminary here. Um, yeah, Asbury. just at Asbury. Yeah. Asbury. Yep. Yep. Knew that it was what I wanted to do. And um, yeah, I just really have a passion for helping couples and teaching them you know, the correct principles as it applies to both, you know, sound biblical principles, but also, um, you know, marriage and family sound guidance as well. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Um, what do you tell people when they say, uh, you know, you, you're kind of, uh, you're young. Uh, you, I've been married longer than you, you know, Sure. sure. what do you tell people? I mean, I totally respect that. I tell them, you're right. I am 31. I've been married for eight years. That's where we are. Can't change that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've done all that I can up to this point uh, <laughs> to prepare myself well enough to help you. So, you know, give it a shot. If you trust me, if it sounds good, go with it. If not, I understand and I will... <laughs> I'll help you find someone for your stage of life. <laughs> yeah, well, most of the people listening are probably younger than you, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, 
Uh, well, tell, I mean, just like what, what if, how has your practice been different the last, you know, 10 weeks or so? Yeah, well, it's been totally online. So that's completely different. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I was working from my office, I was having a lot of couples mostly come from Lexington, but since being online, where my license is in the state of Kentucky, um, it's been cool because I hadn't thought about doing it that way before, but I've actually been able to work with couples from other towns in Kentucky. And yeah. so it's been a cool way to reach more couples who wouldn't otherwise, you know, have the time to drive into Lexington once a week. So yeah, it's changed in that way. I'm doing a little bit more coaching. I know that um, you and I, Marshall, are talking about um, your therapist and how yeah. she's coaching as well. So yep. that's good for my practice. But yeah, it's it's been a good change. I'm still, you know, I'd love to get back into the office, but I'm also really loving working from home. So yeah. How, I mean, are you seeing like the nature of people's marriages that you've counseled be roughly the same as they've always been? Or do you see some uniquenesses that have come with yeah. the quarantine, the pandemic, you know? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of everything. So I'm seeing some couples who being at home together has been just what their relationship needed. So, mm -hmm. you know, not having time together where both of them were kind of running themselves ragged and not having a lot of time at home, that's been a real blessing for them. Um, I'm seeing the ones that are especially hard right now have mostly to do with them being first responders or um, in the medical profession. And they're really juggling a lot and seeing hard things right now and trying to, to manage marriage as well as family, as well as really demanding jobs during COVID. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, pretty much everything else in between. Um, some couples are stabilizing and some are finding that they're trying to survive and just function on a daily basis. And that's, that's new. So. Yeah. Um, sorry. So, I mean, you've kind of alluded to some opportunities here, but what, I mean, what opportunities do you think uh, are kind of available to those of us who are married? Um, you know, I, I know that not everybody's life looks the same, you know, but what, what, what do you think? Yeah. It, it definitely depends on how you look at it, because when you ask about opportunities, I mean, I've mentioned the time piece for some couples. Now, like you said, you have several kiddos and you've been at home together for 69 days, so that might be a little too much time, um, as I'm finding with some other families. But in general, just having that, that quality time, getting that relational need met, um, even family time, whereas in everyday life, you wouldn't otherwise have opportunity like that. Um, you know, I think it's also serving as an opportunity for couples to gain awareness of their relational dynamic and what what's working and what's not working and where they feel emotionally connected and like they have a good friendship and they're working well together, um, you know, navigating co-parenting or you know just different areas where they're working well but then also the areas where hey maybe we've used other things to avoid this yeah. area of our relationship because you didn't even know it till this happened 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We were forced to confront it essentially. Yeah. But I think a, that awareness is great. You know, it's a great place to start um, just to self-reflect a little bit and become aware of what those issues are so that we can then do something different with them. Um, yeah. And along those lines, I would say also, you know, for some couples, I mean, some couples are trying to just get through this time. A lot has changed. For other couples who've kind of worked through the initial grief or processing the transition, um, it served as an opportunity for them to kind of pause and reflect and reevaluate um, whether it's, you know, line of work, yeah. careers, staying at home versus going back to work, um, just life goals and dreams that haven't been thought of in the rat race of everyday life. So that's been yes. really cool to see people kind of pause to reflect on where do we want to go as a couple and as a family. Well, yeah, as we enter into whatever the new normal is. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of disruptive. That's the opportunity is yeah. the disruption forces reflection, which may force good change. Yeah, for sure. That's a great way to say it. You know, yeah. and there's, there's wisdom and prudence, right, <laughs> in terms of navigating that wisely moving forward. But even just the dreaming where you didn't have the opportunity before. Um, has been cool to see couples move into because ultimately that's that's strengthening their bond in ways that you don't get when there isn't this disruption so yes um all right how about threats you know that's that's the feel-good stuff um what what are some um things we should be aware of those those of us who are married that you know things that might jump out and kind of wreck us in ways that are harmful. Sure, sure. Well, I would say having to adjust so quickly can be really challenging for couples. I mean, when you're navigating working from home and living together and potentially parenting, depending on where your couples are, um, that's a lot to juggle and to have to quickly adjust so many things between the two of you, like you're responsible for a lot, you're managing a lot individually and relationally. Um, Yeah, so just that adjustment period um, and to things that are undesired as well and having to navigate that well. Um, You know, another threat is as you do gain more awareness and kind of reflect on where you are, one threat that I am seeing is couples realizing hey, we're not as well equipped as we thought that we were. Um, We don't have the right tools emotionally or relationally to handle a lot that's been thrown on us all at once. Um, So that's that's definitely a threat to overall well-being and functioning, both personally, and then, of course, that has a ripple effect to the couple and the family dynamic. Yes. Um, Yeah, so that's a major threat, and I can... I can go into it a little bit more. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, g- give us like, you know, talking about this stuff. I mean, I find even preaching, it's like I can talk principally for a long time. Sure. And all of a sudden, like, there's a, not necessarily like a, an illustration that's not true, but that has some correlation, but like an app, like applying this in a way that like makes it come to life. And even though you might be in a different application, it gives you the kind of the imaginative tools to Mm -hmm. put the principle into practice. So 
yeah. give, give us i mean i know you, no one would ever ask you to give names and faces and whatever but yeah. um help us give us some uh, uh, some imaginative tools of what sure what, what this is looking like yeah um yeah i mean as you're saying that when you think of sermon illustrations i'm thinking in terms of case studies that's know? right that's exactly what i'm saying yeah so um one one couple that i'm thinking of um there was so much hmm there was so much relational injury that happened that was previous to the pandemic uh previous slash as the pandemic was hitting yeah um that and all of it revolved around miscommunication and so it was so frustrating because um for them and to see them walk through that you know because it was like it was just a miscommunication of expectations and what we thought would happen in the midst of all this transition subsequently we you know felt bitter and resentful toward each other and then we did a lot of damage because we were operating out of our fear brains rather than our our rational brains um so that's one example you mean they, they, they were more they were more on the same page than they thought they were right had they it was, been able it was to like Two little kids yelling at each other. One kid saying it's raining. The other one saying sprinkling. Yes, and they're acting things going on outside. Right, right. And so it was that lack of communicating those expectations and you know getting on the same page that just kind of built and snowballed into something where we you know now we feel overwhelmed. We can't even see our way out of this. When had we had the tools back here to talk about it? we would be in a different place at this point. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of other case studies that would be helpful. Uh, you know, just not feeling equipped in terms of planning for childcare. I'm thinking of one couple, um, some of those that I mentioned with, you know, first responders or in the medical yeah. field, you know, they're having to be on 24 seven and that leaves very little margin to, to have time to recoup, even to take a deep breath, even yep. though those are there, um, but just not having the tools to, okay, well, how do we, how do we negotiate childcare versus self-care versus relational care? Um, yeah, it's quite the, quite the juggling act. Yeah. I'll raise my hand on that one. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say I'm a first responder. But there's just not, you know, 24 hours doesn't seem like enough hours in the day to do child care, self-care, and marriage care. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How, how have you been able to navigate that? Like, what's your one best tip for what you found in the past 69 days? I mean, I would, I have the benefit of doing this where other professions wouldn't have the benefit of doing this. I mean, I definitely, I, I don't think that I'm in the same sense of intensity at all as first responders or medical personnel. Um, but I think a big shift in just, I'm just not working as many hours in an attempt uh, to make, you know, self-care and marriage care happen sure you know because if jenna's having self-care 
I'm watching the kids, you know, and vice versa, you know. Um, and you just don't realize when you kind of add up, you know, things like mom's day out, the occasional babysitter, the occasional grandparent, and then it's been 69 days and you've not had any of those occasional pieces. Right. So I, I, I and I think I'd say another thing is like, we've been pretty um, militant about guarding the time after the kids go to bed until we go to bed. Mm, yeah. Yeah. To That's not, awesome. you know, really not do, you know, home projects. That's just way easier to do when the kids are away and, you know, not watching boatloads of TV. Sure. But just trying to, you know, because in the course of having three little kids running around, like you just don't talk about how your day went. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. let alone talking about like, you know, working through relational injury and then doing repair work. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, we just need to, I just kind of need to tell her like, here's what I did today up there in the, my attic, you know, I'd kind of right. like for you to know. Right, right. Kind of let me like give me a little play-by-play of life with the kids, you know, and sure, how she sure. interacted with them. Yeah. If we're both yeah. busy from eight thirty until we go to bed, then yeah, we're not going to have those conversations at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So. What I'm hearing you say there in that too is is the importance of acknowledging and appreciating all that your spouse is doing throughout the day to manage, like in that way building up your relationship by being cognizant of all that you both are doing, whether you're aware of it or not. So, yeah. Yeah. That's right. that's yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I guess I gave, I gave my practical tip. Yeah. If you have little kids after they go to bed, don't do anything else, but be with each other. That would, I'm saying that pretty strongly, but. Um, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's got to happen more than once a week, you know? Yeah. Um, what would be kind of your, what would be two or three of your tidbits you'd give yeah. folks? Well, to add to what you said, you know, after the kids go to bed and creating that boundary for your relationship, making sure, you know, you said, try not to watch too much TV, but there, there's a balance to, you know, I mean, figuring out what you guys are needing. Like if it's been yeah. a day and you just need to decompress together and be together, great. But also making sure that you're, you are connecting beyond the, daily tasks and you know even if you're looking up questions online like one question what you know to deepen your relationship just something where you're connecting beyond we're both exhausted yeah you know um but a few tips let's see a few practical tips i mentioned this one earlier uh just making sure to communicate your expectations i mean transition and um having to address so quickly brings a lot of assumptions for both partners it can bring a lot of um yeah just expecting the other to do something and holding your spouse out you know expecting them to go through with that and them having no idea that that was an expectation of yours so becoming aware of what your expectations are in terms of um balancing child care in terms of balancing household chores even uh balancing working from home and what you're each needing in that regard and then making sure to communicate that with each other 
so that you're on the same page. Like you're just, you're setting yourself up for success as you go about your day and keeping things from building up. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, a huge one would be to learn to self-regulate or self-soothe. So, I mean, the reality is if you're, if you're not taking care of yourself well, it's going to be really hard to take care of your family well. So some simple things that you can do with that. Um, I mean, one is, you know, pick a verse to meditate on. Uh, one that for me, I like to do is Psalm 23, just because I like the imagery of that. Yes. Um, or I was reading from Proverbs the other day, and there was one verse that said, those who plan peace have joy. Mm. I loved the way that it it said that. So I've just been holding on to that little phrase, like those who plan peace. So even just thinking about that momentary, like how can I plan for peace today and, you know, move on in a way that's healthier and better for my family overall. Um, engaging in any sort of mindfulness practice, something that's going to get you in the present moment and help you kind of calm your nervous system in the process. So that yep. could be, you know, playing an instrument that he used to play, uh, doing a puzzle or doing a mindfulness app, anything like that. Um, yeah. So one, um, our, our, the other guy on staff, um, with me full time, the guy named Justin Carlson, and he put out a kind of like journaling your anxiety, you know, um, (laughs) it's kind of something that he's, you know, it's been a, a really impactful practice for him you know, Mm -hmm. that's been something that he's kind of put out for our folks. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a helpful way to move through your emotions and to, yeah, not stay stuck in that. Cause that can create, I mean, like you said, the anxiety and then the, just the paralysis and the overwhelm, but journaling it out. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and with, especially with couples who are extremely busy and, even these things seem hard or like, okay, really, when are we going to have the time to do this? Even just finding little moments. So I've worked with some couples on, okay, let's take a look at your day. Where can you gain two to five minutes to take a deep breath? I mean, to take some deep breaths and count backward from 10, just to reset and reorient. So I've had, I'm thinking of one couple where we talked about, you know, when you get off of your shift and you get home, you pull up in the driveway, you know what you're walking into, like your wife is ready for a break. Um, To take two minutes and take a deep breath, do what you need to do to recalibrate. Yeah. Knowing what you're walking into, but it's more like looking for those little pockets than taking 30 minutes, which a lot of couples, you know, aren't privileged to have. Overwhelming. That does. Yeah. Yeah. And then I but, guess my, but it just helps you instead of reacting, it helps you absorb. Totally. What's happening. What's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Just recenters you a little bit. And especially if you're in a relationship where you guys are more focused on functioning than flourishing, that's a really good practice. Like yeah. the goal is to get through the day well and not let things keep compounding. Um, that's great. Good. Oh, go ahead. You, had, you, you were going to say something. Just, just one more thought is, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to seek help. Yep. 
like if you guys can't manage it, if you're feeling overwhelmed and like you're just spiraling and you're going back and forth and your conflict's not getting resolved and, you know, don't be afraid to seek help and assistance. Um, I mean, I, so I put out a weekly podcast. I did a, a six week series on managing COVID-19. Um, so talking about how to manage your mental health, how to move through your emotions, how to get along at home, those sorts of principles um, to just encourage you as you go about your day. Or if you can muster it, you know, seeking the help of a marriage counselor or a family counselor, um, yep. whether again, you're, you know, needing help surviving and problem solving basic things on a daily basis, or whether you're one of those couples who's kind of reevaluating and you're in a place where, Hey, now's as good a time as any to grow our relationship. Yeah. So, well, that's why you're here. That's why I asked you. Cause if anybody were to, would have texted me in the last 69 days and said, Hey, you know, the pandemic has made us think that we, we really need some help uh, for our marriage. I would have given them your number. So well, um, I really with, with this link, we're going to give, um, show you how to sign up for your podcast. I'm going to give them your email. So that'll help them too. I mean, I, I'm here too. I'm not going to counsel you hope Presbyterian church. Uh, but I'd love to listen and pray for you. So yeah. Well, I'm glad to be of help to your to your congregation for sure. Awesome, um, Kenzie. I, I'm I'm going to pray for you on this recorded Zoom call. I, that would mean so much to me. Great, thank you. Uh, Father, thank you for uh, equipping Kenzie for this work, calling her to it. Lord, I pray you would uh, fill her with your Spirit uh, that she might uh, do this in the power that you provide, and uh, not merely uh, her own gifting and experience. I pray this in your name. Amen. Love is not about Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile as it is